Recording in progress. Okay, so we're going to begin from Lamed Chesam at Bez. The bottom three lines is a Mishnah. The Mishnah is continuing talking about one person forbidding benefit from the other and what they're allowed to do for each other. So, if one person forbids benefit from his friend, the question is, can he visit him if he's sick? Now, who's visiting who? Is the one who's us visiting the other one or vice versa? The Gemara is going to analyze. So the halacha is, are you allowed to visit someone when there is a when there is a neder against benefiting, so the halacha is oimid which is a bit strange. Meaning he's allowed to enter to visit, but he has to stand. He's not allowed to sit. So he's allowed to stand, but he's not allowed to sit. So the Mishnah continues. Recording stopped. So the Mishnah says that you're allowed to visit him, but you're only allowed to do so standing. You can't sit down, which is a bit strange, because you'd think it would be binary, you could either visit him or you can't, but you're allowed to enter the room to visit him, but you have to do so standing. The Gemara is going to analyze why. You could healing... You could heal him, the healing of the soul, and not the healing of the of, of, of not monetary healing. The Gemara will analyze what that means. Let's start the Gemara. The Maya Skinon. Who asserted who? Is the sick person usher to benefit from the other, or vice versa? So the Gemara says, If we're talking about Meaning, if the case is that the possessions of the visitor, that the sick person is not allowed to benefit, meaning, so Reuven says to Shimon, you're not going to benefit from me. And Shimon then gets sick. So the question is, can Ruvain visit him? So the halach is meaning, the person who's, who's not allowed to benefit, Ruvain says to Shimon, you benefit from me, and then Shimon gets sick. Can Ruvain go visit him? So the question is, who's the one who can't get benefit? The chayla. I feel Yoshev Nami. Then the person should be able to visit him and even sit down. Meaning, what's the difference? The benefit that, that the chayla is getting is there's no it's an indirect benefit what's the benefit that the chayl is getting from the person the person's doing a mitzvah mitzvah so what benefit is he getting so so you're going to say but it's also to sit down why it should be motor and let's say the opposite the chayla the sick person said to the other guy i'm not benefiting from you so the visitor is not allowed to benefit from the chayla then that he can't even enter the house if you remember when we say when one person says to the other you're not allowed to benefit from me the person is not allowed to benefit can't even enter the guy's home so right you're not allowed to walk into the guy's house so if he's not allowed into the home you shouldn't even be allowed to enter the stand so the question is who is benefiting who is answering from the other so the gemara says like this amr shmuel shmuel there's two answers there's shmuel and there's Ula. Let's go with uh, let's go with Shmuel's approach. Shmuel says, The case is that the Chayla is not allowed to benefit from the other guy. So the Chayla, the guy, should be able to walk in and visit him and sit down. So what's the problem? What's the benefit? Right? What's the benefit that the guy gets, the Chayla is getting? The guy's doing a mitzvah, it's not a benefit. The answer is, we're talking about a case where in that location, people would pay to have visitors stay with them, to have visitors sit with them. So because the guy is sitting down, and he's doing that for free, the chayla is getting benefit. But they would not pay for people to visit them when they're standing. So you're allowed to visit him standing, because that was done for free, so you're not benefiting. But visiting him sitting down, which was ge- generally done for pay, that you're not allowed to do. So the problem is, my posca, it's arbitrary. I mean, the Mishnah seems to indicate that there's an integral difference between sitting and standing. But now it turns out there's no difference at all. It turns out the only difference is that in that location, they would pay for having visitors that would sit down. They would not pay for visitors that are standing. So it's completely arbitrary. And if in another location, they the, the minig was 
to pay for both, it'll be also for both. If a minig was to not pay for either, it'll be muta for either. It seems to be completely arbitrary. So the Gemara says, The answer is, it's teaching you a side halach, and that is, you're allowed to charge to visit someone if you're going to sit down, but to visit someone standing, you're not allowed to charge. I mean, the halach is, to charge money for doing a mitzvah, is a you're allowed to charge if you're going to be sitting there because that's you staying with them. That you could charge. To walk in quickly, just do the mitzvah of Achnasus Abikah to stand up, that you're not allowed to charge. So the Mishnah is teaching you're allowed to do it standing up because you're not allowed to charge for the mitzvah of standing up. So there's no benefit. But to sit down where you're allowed to charge, if it's in a location where they charge, then the guy is getting benefit because you're doing it for free, and that's considered a problem of breaking the nether. So that's the first distinction between sitting and standing. That we're talking about a case where the chayla is not allowed to benefit from the visitor. And the distinction is, you're allowed to charge for sitting, you're not allowed to charge for standing. Ibai same another answer. It has nothing to do, the distinction between sitting and standing is actually not by charging. It's kider shim ben aliyakum. Gezer shem yisha ba'amida ha'chanami gezer shem yisha b'yeshiva. Roshim Eliyakim says the following. He says that when it comes to Shemitah, let's say I see you're not allowed to enter my field, so I'm not allowed to enter your field. But what happens during Shemitah? During Shemitah, it's not your field anymore because it's Hefker. So technically, I'm allowed to walk in. But Roshim Eliyakim says you're not allowed to walk in. Why? Because we're afraid that you're going to linger too long. And if you stay too long, then it's considered a benefit unrelated to Shemitah. So too over here, the truth is, the distinction, what's the difference between sitting and standing? Really nothing. I, I'm going in not to benefit, not, you're not getting benefit. I'm doing a mitzvah. You're not benefiting from my visit because it's mitzvah lavlahenes nino. But what if after you do the mitzvah of biker chaylim, you watch a game together? That's definitely a benefit. So the halacha is you're not allowed to visit him by sitting down because we're afraid if you go sitting down, you'll schmooze and you'll stay longer and you'll stay too long and you'll stay past the time of the mitzvah. And then there'll be a direct benefit. But if you do so standing, so the assumption is you're not going to stay long enough for it to be a problem, then it's considered, we're not concerned that you'll stay too long, and it's not breaking the, 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 the benefit. That's the distinction between sitting and standing. There's really no distinction. Both of them, you're just doing a mitzvah. But if you sit, we're afraid that you'll stay past the sitting, you'll pass the time of the mitzvah, and there'll be considered a benefit. So that's all the assumption that the chayla is not allowed to benefit from the visitor. Ula says the opposite. Ula says really the case is where the visitor is not allowed to benefit from the chayla. So if that's the case, the visitor, if the visitor is the one who's who's not allowed to benefit from the chayla, then why is the visitor allowed to enter at all? The halacha is that when Reuven cuts off Shimon, Shimon can't go into Reuven's house. So if the chayla cut off uh, the visitor, the visitor shouldn't be allowed to even enter his house. So why is he allowed to enter the house standing to do a bigachayim standing? The answer is the answer is when someone cuts someone off. Right, when Reuven says to Shimon, "I'm not going to, you're not allowed to benefit from me," and then Shimon can't go into Reuven's house, that's because it's a it's a it's a pure benefit from Shimon. However, in this case, by him entering the house, generally you're not allowed to enter the house when the guy cuts you off. But over here, him entering the house is an order is in order for him to do Bikr Chaylam. It's to benefit the host. Meaning, the Chayla, his name is Reuven. The Chayla cut off Shimon. He says, you're not allowed to benefit from me. So Shimon's not allowed to enter his house. But he's allowed to enter the house and do Bikr Chaylam. Why? Because to enter the house and do Bikr Chaylam is a benefit to the host. It's a benefit to Reuven. 
So why would Reuven, when Reuven cut him off, he didn't mean to the detriment of himself. So generally, if I say to Shimon, you're not allowed to benefit from me, you're not allowed to enter my house. Because entering my house is a pure benefit for you. But over here, walking in, standing, is a bika chaylim, that's a benefit for the host. The assumption is he didn't cut him off. He only cut him off to benefit of the, to all benefits that Shimon gets, but not benefits that Reuven gets. The Gemara says, well, if that's the case, that he didn't cut him off to benefits of the of the nami, then why can't he sit down? The answer is The answer is because he could stand by him sitting. That's considered benefit for himself. Meaning, the chayla is Reuven. He cut off Shimon. He said Shimon, you're not allowed to benefit from me. So Shimon generally can't even enter his house. Can't do anything. But he's allowed to enter the house to do bigger chaylim to do so standing because to enter the house to do bigger chaylim is a benefit not of Shimon. It's a benefit of Reuven. So Reuven would never want to cut off Shimon to that extent. So the question is why can't uh, Shimon sit down? The answer is because Shimon could do so standing. If he sits down, that's considered a benefit for Shimon. He cut off Shimon. Shimon can't do anything that benefits himself. He's allowed to do something that benefits Reuven, which is entering the house to do Bikr Chaylam for Reuven. So you have two different approaches as to whether the Mishnah is talking about a case where the Chayla is not allowed to benefit from the visitor, or vice versa. So Mesa, Avakasha, you have the following Brisa. The Brisa takes it a step further. What if instead of the Chayla and the visitor, what happens if the Chayla's Chalahu Nechaz Levakre? We had in the Mishnah, the Brisa quotes the Mishnah. That if the chayla gets sick, the other person can visit him. But chala benoy, what if the son of the sick person also got sick? Can the visitor see the son? So the halach is chayla b'shuk. He he's allowed to do a biker chayla. He's allowed to ask about him, but he can't actually see him. He has to ask about him from the street. Meaning he can't even enter the house to see his son. Now here's the kasha. I understand according to Ula. What did Ula say the case of the Mishnah is? The case of the Mishnah is that the sick person cut the guy off. And the guy is only allowed to enter the house because that benefits the Chayla. Because when the Chayla cut him off, he wouldn't do so to the detriment of himself. That's why it makes sense that he can't even enter the house to visit the Chayla's son. Meaning, according to Ula, what's the case? You have Reuven who's sick. Reuven cuts off Shimon. So Shimon's still allowed to enter Reuven's house to visit Reuven because... To benefit Reuven, Reuven didn't completely cut him off. But it would make sense that he's not allowed to enter Reuven's house to visit Reuven's son. Because when he cut him off, he cut him off to only things that he cut him off, but he, he would only allow him to do something that benefits Reuven directly. Benefiting Reuven's son is not enough that Reuven still cuts him off. So then it makes sense. Shopping, it makes sense. But according to Shmuel, what does Shmuel say the case is? The case is not that the Chayla cut the other guy off, but rather the other guy cut off the Chayla, and he said to the Chayla, you're not allowed to benefit from me, and he's still allowed to visit, because, because according to Shmuel, the halacha is that you're not benefiting at all because it's Mitzlav Lahanis Nanus, so there's no problem. That's why you're allowed to visit him because it's not considered a benefit. So the question is, if that's the case, then why can't he visit his son? Meaning, if the case is that the Chayla or the Chayla's son is cut off, and the halach is, you're allowed to visit a chayla that you cut off the benefit, because it's mitzvah v'lehenes nenu, it's not considered anah. What's the difference? And according to, basically, this case of the b'raisa is very clear, it has to be like Ula, that the case is where the chayla cut off the other guy. So how does Shmuel figure that out? Because according to Shmuel, the case of the Mishnah is where the other guy cut off the chayla from benefit. But the case of the b'raisa is definitely where the chayla cut the other guy off. So what does Shmuel do with that? So the answer is, Shmuel says very simple, and that is, you ask me what the case of the Mishnah is. The case of the Mishnah is where the guy cut the chayla off from benefit. This b'raisa, this b'raisa happens to be a different case. Meaning, 
The Braisa is talking about a case where the other person cut off the chayla. The Mishnah is where the uh, the, the Mishnah is where the other per, uh, the person cut off the chayla. Visitor cut off the chayla, and the Braisa is where the chayla cut off the visitor. Do you have to say? They're not exactly talking about the same case. I Meaning, you're assuming that the Braisa and the Mishnah have to be talking about the same cases. They're not. So the Gemara says, "My Pasca, how does he know?" Meaning, you've proven that the Braisa is talking about Ula's case, but Shmuel says the Mishnah is talking about my case. Why? What's the difference? Why? Why? Maybe if the Braisa is talking about case A, the Mistam and the Mishnah is also talking about case A. So the Gemara says, "Amirava, go to the next page." Masnison Kishuse. What Shmuel? The reason why Shmuel knew the case of the Mishnah is that the Chayla got cut off from benefit because my the way he figured that out was because the Mishnah makes a distinction between visiting him by standing up and visiting by sitting down which only makes sense says Shmuel if the Chayla is the one cut off so that's how Shmuel figured it out but the case of the Brisa which makes no distinction Shmuel is allowed to agree with Ula and that is that in both cases recording stopped so the, the Gemara continues, Amr Yishlakish. Rem is the Bikr Chaylam in Atayra. What's a hint to the obligation of Bikr Chaylam? Shanemar, the Pasuk says, the Moshe Rabbeinu, when he's describing how Kairach, Moshe Rabbeinu makes a stipulation, and he says that if they die in a healthy way, then it's not a sign from Hashem. But if they die with the earth swallowing up Kairach, then it's a sign from Hashem. So the Moshe Rabbeinu says, If they die the death of all men, meaning a regular death, and the visitation, if one visits them, then it's not a sign. What does it mean? Why are people visiting dead people? So my time, what's my mashma? Amarava, this is how you're supposed to read it. If all these people die the regular way that people die, which is, if all of Karach and his followers just get sick and slowly die like everybody else, and everyone visits them, so you see this, then it's not from Hashem. So you see the Indian Bikr Chalim. So Mabri, so Moshe Rabbeinu said, what would people say theoretically um, in, in such a situation where they died a regular death? That Hashem did not send that death to, meaning that was not a sign from that Kairach uh, had rebelled. So it has to be they're going to die by swallowing up. So you see that that was, uh, that that was the Indian Bikr Chalim. So Darish Rava, so Rava says, Moshe Rabbeinu, we're just going to continue talking about this. Moshe Rabbeinu said, what, what he wants is Hashem to make a bria, Hashem to make a creation. What's the creation that Hashem wants? That the earth's going to swallow him up. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, in bria yivra Hashem. If Hashem will create a creation, then the, the earth will swallow him. What creation is, is Moshe Rabbeinu referring to? What, what does it mean? What creation do you have to have for the earth to swallow up? So the Gemara says, in bria Gehenim. If Hashem already created Gehenim, good, mutaftiya. Then if he already created Gehenim, good, Vimlav, but if not, Yivra Hashem, he's going to create it now. I mean, the way should be saying, if there's no Gehenim, he's creating it now. So the question is, what, what does it mean there's no Gehenim? Gehenim, the Gemara is going to say, whatever this means, was created before the world was created. Aini is a shu, how could Moshe Rabbeinu be in doubt whether Gehenim had already been created? Vatanya, the Brisa teaches, Shiva, Dvarim, Nibru, Kaidu, Shiva, Seven things were created before the world was created. Elohim, these are the seven things created before the world. Taira, Chuva, Ganeden, Gehenim, CC Gehenim was created before the world. Whatever this means. So I had, we're going to go through the Pesukim. How do I know that Torah was created before the world? Because the Pesuk says, Hashem kineni reishis darkai. Hashem made me the Torah, the beginning of the beginning of His creation, even before the creation. Tshuva, how do I know that Hashem created Tshuva before the world? That Pesuk says, before the mountains were born, people could return, that Hashem made Tshuva even before creation. 
Gan Eden, Eden Mikedem. That Hashem created Gan and Eden before, meaning before the world. Gehenem, Ki Aruch Tafsa was created before, created yesterday. Tafsa is a reference to Gehenem. So the Gemara says, Kisya How do I know Kisya Kavid was created? Your throne was established from old, meaning even before the time of the world. Beis Hamikdash, Dixiv, Kisya Kavid Marimirashan. And the Kisya Kavid is the Beis Hamikdash, Dixiv, Kisya Kavid Marimirashan. That like the Kisya Kavid, this the Holy Temple was also created, meaning just like the Kisya Kavid was before the world, so do Beis Hamikdash. And Shmuel Mashiach, Dixiv Yishmael Oilam. His name was created forever, meaning even before the world, his name was already made. So how could Moshe Rabbeinu be in doubt of whether Gehenna was already created? It was definitely created. This is what Moshe Rabbeinu meant. If the opening of Gehenna was already created, but if Gehenna doesn't have an opening giver, meaning Gehenna was already created for sure, Moshe Rabbeinu is saying that if Gehenna doesn't have an opening yet, it's being created now. Hashem's going to create the opening now. Here's the problem. We know that after Hashem created the world, that's it. There's no more new things. So how could Hashem create the opening to Gehenna now? It was either created in the first six days or not. So the Gemara says, Hachi what he meant is, of course, there's an opening to Gehenna. That's what people get in. But what Moshe Rabbeinu meant is that if the opening Gehenna is not here, Hashem is going to move it here. So he's not creating anything, he's just moving a creation. Darish Rav. Rav Darshins Vamilam Rav Yitzchak. What does it mean? Shemesh Yorach Ahmed Zvula. The Posik says the sun and the moon stood still. Shemesh, what, there's a reference to the sun and the moon standing still. The Pasha is talking about Givoin, the, 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 by Yeshua's, uh, Yeshua's uh, battle against the Kenanim. But the Pasha Gemara makes the following Joshua. Shemesh, Vyarach, Vizvul, Mai. Mai, Boyan, what is this referring to? The Pasha says that uh, the sun and the moon are in Zvula. Zvula apparently is one of the name is one of the types of uh, of heavens. It's like, right, there's different Madragas, whatever this means. Shemesh, Vyarach, Vizvul. My boy, what is the sun and the moon doing in Zvul, which is apparently fourth? Rashi says it's the fourth of the seven heavens. Which is the second of the heavens, whatever this means. So the Gemara says, so what is the sun and the moon? It sounds like the sun and the moon went up. So what is it referring to? Melami, this teaches you that the time of Kairach, Olu Shemesh Yerech Merkil Zvul. The sun and the moon went up from the second heaven to the fourth. The higher level, higher heavens during the times of the and they said to Hashem, "Rebbeinu the master of the world." If you defend Moshe Rabbeinu from Kairach Anu Meirim, we'll give light to the world. But if not, we're going on strike. We're not, we're not giving light to the world because they wanted to defend Moshe. At that moment, Hashem threw arrows and spears at the sun and the moon, and Amrlehem he was upset. Every day, people bow down to you. And you have no problem giving off light, even though they're doing Avodah Zara, which is a problem of my COVID. But you're so worried about Moshe Rabbeinu as a person. So you only care about Moshe Rabbeinu's covenant, not my COVID. So therefore, they accepted this. And the talk of the sun and the moon every day don't want to give off light because of the people that bow down to them. Every day, the sun and the moon only illuminate because Hashem throws spears and, and, and arrows at them in order for them to give light. They go by the the light goes because of your arrows. Tanya, the Bryce says there's no limitation to Bikr Chaylam. What does this mean? What does it mean? thought at first he meant, what does it mean that Bikr Chaylam doesn't have a shear? It means there's no limit to the reward, meaning the reward for Bikr Chaylam has no end. The problem is, all mitzvahs 
the, the reward has no end. We don't know the reward for any mitzvahs. And is that you tell me, oh, we don't know the measurements for how much schar there is no end. And every mitzvah you know. The Mishnah famously says in Avos, you should be careful with severe mitzvahs, like, you know, more strict mitzvahs, like lighter mitzvahs. Because you don't know the Madrigas. So how could you say that? But Bikr is different. Bikr is no different than any other mitzvah. You have no idea what any other mitzvahs are. So the Gemara says, What does it mean that Bikr has no limit? It means that even a great person has to go to a lesser person who's sick. There's no limitation. I mean, even a Chacham and a Tzadik has to go to a regular person. Rav Amar, a different shot. means the amount of times you have to visit the Chayla, there's no limitation, even a hundred times a day, if that's what needed. Amrav Acha Bar Chanina, anyone who visits a sick person, he takes away a sixtieth of the sufferings. The Gemara says the following question, then get sixty people to visit him, and then if every single person is removing a sixtieth, so by the time you get to the sixtieth person, the illness will be completely removed. So Amr no. It's like the, the, the calculation the Rebbe once had, which is, Rebbe once had a halacha that when uh, the daughters, we had this once, that the halacha is that uh, that after someone dies, the, the inheritance goes to the sons, and the daughters are supported from the brothers. But when the daughter gets married, she gets a tenth of the Arusha. But Rebbe explained, it's not a tenth. So let's say there's $100,000 and there's 10 daughters. So the first one takes 10000 The second one doesn't take 10000 because then if all 10, then the son has no money left. It means the first one takes 10000 left to 90000 The second one takes 10% of what's left. takes 9000 The second one, third one takes 10% of what's left. 8000 So it's 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 not compounded. It's less. Each one is taking uh, a 10% of what's remaining. So too it is by the Choyla. When they take a 60th, it's not a 60th overall. The first one takes a 60th. The second takes a 60th of what's remaining. The third one takes a 60th of what's remaining. So even if 60 people visit him, he'll still be ill. And also Ben Giloy. It's not just anyone who visits a person that takes away the suffering. It has to be a Ben Giloy. Ben Giloy, the Rashi says, it means that people that are born under the same constellation. It means that people who are similar to each other, like-minded people. If a like-minded person visits you, it alleviates some of the suffering. A person who's not like you, a person who has a uh, was uh, differences ideologically a lot of times it doesn't bring the same type of manucha. now where did Rebbe say his calculation of the 10th Titania Rebbe Oymer Rebbe says if you have a daughter who's being supported by the estate of the brothers when she gets married she gets a 10th for her dowry and Amalei the Rebbe they said to Rebbe if you take a tenth, according to you, let's say a father had one son and ten daughters, and he left $100,000. The brother will have nothing left, because if ten of them get married, so the first one takes 10%, the second one takes 10%, third one, until by the time the last one gets married, they'll have 100% of the property being gone. So the Gemara says... So Rebbe explained, no, Rishonai tells Isin Nechasim, the first one takes 10%, Shniya Mashashayri, the second takes 10% of what's remaining, Shlish is Mashashayri, and the third one takes 10% of what was remaining, so it's not 10% overall, it's 10% and then it's not compounded, it's 10%, and then 10% of 90, 10% of 80, 10% whatever, and Bechayzer is Bechayzer is and if all 10 are getting married all the time, this is what they do, they take that calculation, put it in a pile, and then split it evenly amongst the 10 daughters. We'll stop here, and we'll pick it up on Sunday, Bezashem.